This is Andy, I'm Fee, and we're part of Time for Marriage, a national um, marriage organisation, and we have a passion for couples discovering God's plan for their marriage and living it out in their lives. Has anybody got my iPad? Ah. <laughs> so I've got an iPad looks here like that looks like this one, <laughs> by any chance, because I had it when I came in. And, uh, Is it this one? Yay! So who's this one then? That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Always the joker, yes. I'm sorry. And anyway, and mainly we run marriage enrichment weekends across the UK, so we'll um, show you a little video about us a bit later. Uh, thanks for inviting us, Nick. It's, it, Nick and yeah. I went to school, as he said, it's been over 30 years. Um, one of us hasn't changed a bit, so um, that's, that's, really, <laughs> that's really good. And it's just bizarre how God brings you to different places and working with other people and stuff, so it's really uh, we're delighted to be here. Uh, you're a very handsome audience. Um, Thank you. Probably the best. Yeah. No, you really are. Yeah. You imagine what it's going to be like, and you can look in Firstly, just to say well done for being here. Uh, we're all really busy, there's all sorts of priorities in our lives, but you have carved out time to say to your husband or your wife that you care enough about them to spend this time with them and with God looking at your marriage, which is brilliant, and God's yeah. going to honour that. So it's great we start with worship, thanks Sam for leading us in that, and you know, God is here, his spirit is here, and uh, we're open to what he's going to do, so that is brilliant. Oh, I'm clicking now. There we go. Um, are we live? So we're delighted to talk about romance, the subject we were given uh, to talk about. Um, you know, it's a Saturday morning, um, you know, it's not necessarily the most romantic setting, it's a lovely setting, but we're here with lots of people, not usually how we'd imagine it to be uh, when we're romantic. But what is romance uh, and why is it important? Well, we'd suggest it's the act of wooing uh, one another. Um, it's actually acting in a way that, you know, somebody wants to spend time with you and would seek out your company. It's putting your spouse's needs before your own. And it's taking time to really focus on each other, thinking about the other person, what are their needs and how can I uh, meet them? We'd suggest that actually, rather than trying to make romance sort of the foundation of your marriage, then actually, uh, you should actually make love uh, the foundation of your marriage, and you can build on that with romance. If you make romance the goal of your marriage, then it may be that um, you can create a lovely romantic setting with a log fire and candles and music playing, but then when the sort of the busyness of life and the dishes need washing and the kids need put into bed and all those things happen, it's that foundation of love that we need to, we need to have. Romance, we would suggest, is a really important part of our marriage. Um, sometimes people might think it's like the icing on the cake. Uh, it's a nice thing to have if you've possibly got the time in your diary. But we suggest that a better way of describing romance would be it's like the glue that really holds you together. It stops you being pulled apart as a couple. So uh, it's really, really important. It's something that God uh, gave us. It's something that's really uh, intimate and something we can enjoy together as a couple. And it can really help you to feel connected to your spouse in a really special way. So in two weeks' time, you were asking about how long we've been married, in two weeks' time we celebrate our silver wedding anniversary. 
Yeah. I know you can't quite believe it, there we are. Well, I said oh, one of us has changed, <laughs> So many years ago, and you know, we've been married a long time now, and we've learned a lot about romance. But when we first got married, we thought that being married equaled being together forever, and it was as simple as that. You know? But then um, we had kids, <laughs> and things changed for us. You know, at the time when we got married, we truly believed that um, getting separated or divorced was was wrong and so we thought it was going to be a really easy ride but our kids um, changed things for us because um, we'd moved away from our hometown um, so we were away from our family and friends Andy um, started up his own business in that time and um, our kids arrived 18 months apart and they didn't sleep yeah I mean hats off to you who's gone behind two kids I just don't know how you did it um, but um, we, we found ourselves in this kind of life of being um, sleep deprived and um, we found ourselves in this kind of weird um, I had postnatal depression as well and we ended up in this kind of weird resentment of you know, you, you look after the kids now whilst I have a rest, you look after them now whilst I have a rest. We were looking out for ourselves, not each other. And um, there was no romance, no fun, no laughter. And we got to a point where we just thought we want out of this. It's no fun at all. So we had a conversation about whether we were going to get divorced and um, decided that actually we couldn't cope with looking after the kids on our own so we would stay together and um, uh, but it wasn't until we went on a time for marriage weekend that actually we realized that God had something way more from our marriage and, um, and we learned a lot about romance there and it completely transformed our marriage so we're going to speak to you from wisdom today kind of what we've learned to do and not to do so life circumstances can be a massive barrier to um, us having a romantic life together and we're going to talk about some more barriers that get in the way of romance uh, one of those is differences um, uh, we're all different what romance looks like what it feels like will be different uh, between all sorts of different couples but also between a couple between the husband and the wife it can be very different When I got married to Fee 25 years ago, I thought I was marrying some sort of domestic goddess. But I soon found out that tidiness wasn't one of her strengths. I really wish I could do that. Get rid of it all. Now, I don't see it, do I? That's no, you don't. That's what I was going to say. Um, against the sort of gender stereotypes in our marriage, uh, I am the tidy one. Um, I don't know who else is that other way around, but I'm one of those people, I can't sit in a room and it's full of rubbish and there's things all over the place and when the kids were younger, you know, the kids towards, I just can't relax. So it's a bit of a thing for me. Um, and over our 25 years, I'm embarrassed to say that arguments over the state of the house and tidiness have been this regular source of conflict between us, which is it's silly really, but it's, it's true. And uh, over the years, uh, Fee's got a little bit tidier, um, at least that's what she tells me, uh, and I've got a little more relaxed about the state of the house and what it looks like. But whether the house is tidy or untidy may seem like a very trivial thing, but we're not going to feel like spending time together and want to carve out time to be romantic if 
that difference is one of the things that's causing stress amongst us. Now, some of those uh, differences are because as man and women, as husband and wife, God created us to have different, um, different um, attributes, male and female attributes, so that makes us different. Sometimes it's just our personalities, the way that we're made up makes us different, and sometimes it's our sort of life experiences that's made us uh, different. Being different is, is a thing in a, in a relationship, but we'd suggest that what you need to try and do is look at your differences, but then work out how they can be complementary, because very often they can. Um, if you think of an example of, of a cup and a saucer, um, if I sold the cup on eBay, I might get a certain amount of money for it, and if I sold the saucer on eBay, I might get some money for it. But if you put the two together, they work as a unit, they perfectly complement each other, and I'll probably get more for them if I sold them as a set than if I just sold them together. So they're different things that complement each other. And that's something that we, because uh, we are very different in our, in our marriage, we try to work together uh, to make that happen. One example of that is uh, we love having people over to, for a meal, of an evening, we love to, to be sociable, uh, and you know, we sort of have a little difference, uh, difference there, because Phil will be usually in the kitchen preparing the lovely food and the smells are coming out of the kitchen. And as I said earlier, I want to be tidy, so I'm making sure that the, the house has been vacuumed. Um, go cordless with your vacuum cleaners, by the way. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, seriously, go cordless. Release yourself from that cord. It's done so much. Uh, <laughs> only me, okay. So that's only me. But, um, so I'm vacuuming the place. I'm making sure that the table's set nicely. We've lit some candles, and we've got some drinks with when they arrive. And so I'm doing that sort of things, but together we're sort of complementing each other, and hopefully our guests when they come over uh, benefit from that complementary experience. Another uh, big barrier to romance can also be uh, unforgiveness. Um, if we want to be with that other person and carve out time, then it's very, very difficult if we're angry with each other. So that's where practicing forgiveness which is that amazing thing that uh, God modelled and models every day with us, to model that with your spouse and to keep very, very short accounts with each other. Nothing will ruin the desire to be with each other than that sort of built-up resentment and hurt that can become between you. Obviously, you're going to have arguments in a marriage. Any marriage does. It's very healthy to have arguments, but it's actually uh, how you um, respond to those arguments, how quickly you forgive that's the really, really important thing. And one of the main reasons to um, barriers to having a healthy romance is being too busy. Um, certainly, uh, we're in a super busy time in our life right now. Um, Andy runs his own business, as we mentioned. We run Time for Marriage. And we have two um, adult, well, grown-up adults that are kind of most around the house at the moment. And in five weeks' time, our daughter is getting married. So we're in the midst of a marriage frantic, wedding franticness in our house right now. And the temptation is to go, right, okay, just heads down, we keep going until the wedding's done, and then we'll plan in some lovely romantic time, and it'll be brilliant. And um, but the fact is, we have learned that we're never not busy. It's just the way we are. And we're always planning for something, we're always prepping something. So if we wait till the day when we're not busy, um, it's never going to come. So um, we're going to talk about that um, a bit later and how you can plan stuff in. But um, we're going to put in some time for you to have a little chat now. And I know it's early, we've only just got started, but we really think actually that God is going to 
do some stuff with you today as a couple. And um, so we've got some discussion points for you. Um, we wanted you to think about your differences, you know, and, you know, maybe acknowledge the ones where they, you just fall out about them and that's it. Um, you know, we, we've acknowledged that our, our you know, tidiness issue um, is just it's just a thing we, we learn to work with but also we've learned about the differences um, where we actually complement each other and we, we celebrate those differences now so maybe think about where you could be complementary with your differences um, we'd like you to have a little romance stop check and think about how are you doing on romance at the moment um, you know are you are you ticking the boxes um, is there anything that's currently holding you back from you know that list that we've just mentioned and um, what have been some of your favorite romantic times you've had together now I'm aware you're very close to each other here so um, <laughs> might not be so great for you know private or you know like if you have any kind of issues difference issues um, so do feel free to kind of use this space if you want to I mean we're, we're going to give you 10 minutes so um, and, uh, and then we'll carry on I did hear somebody shouting I Hoover a lot. <laughs> and he was very happy. No, you've got to go call this. Christmas is coming. I did say that. Oh, your husband will call us back in prison and see what happens. If you were having a great discussion and didn't finish it, I would really encourage you to be antisocial during the breaks and just, you know, take yourself off as a couple and um, carry on these discussions because it's really important, way more important than socialising, honestly. So um, do, do carry it on. But we're going to um, carry on now because we want to um, give you some romance super boosters now, superchargers. Um, firstly, so to get more romance into your marriages, we recommend the love languages. Um, put your hands up if you've heard of the love languages. Yeah, quite a lot of people. It is quite a well-known concept now. Um, it's a concept by a guy called Dr. Gary Chapman, um, and it is that we each have um, a different way of receiving love. And when you meet that love language, um, it's a real gift. You feel really special. And for those of you who heard of it, I think it's always good to revisit and recheck up how we're doing on those love languages. So the first one is quality time. If you're the kind of person who is the last to leave at a party, maybe your uh, love language is quality time. You know, if you're the person who loves to hang out for coffee um, and spend ages, you know, chatting to people, you know, chances are that is your love language. You can also do this on your kids, which is fascinating. Um, I really recommend the book Love Languages for Children. It blew our minds when we did it with our kids because it turns out our daughter's love language is quality time and we only found this out um, she, because she was following us around the house all the time <laughs> and we're like oh you're here again okay and um, obviously we love our daughter but um, we can we can work out why it was and then we realized it's her love language and that was it we could just schedule in time make sure we stopped and focused and spent that time with her and it's still her love language and we love that we love hanging out with her uh, words of affirmation is um, Andy's love language and this is where when you say to somebody oh, I feel you know I love the way you do that you know you know I think you're just amazing um, you know it's words that build us up and actually we all need that 
But um, if it's somebody's particular love language, you'll know that, notice that they almost stand taller when you say nice things to them. You know, they kind of like... And I was really surprised when I found out this was Andy's love language, because quite frankly, I thought he was full enough of himself, quite frankly, you know. Just this thin veneer underneath on this very needy person, a need affirmation. So it is, and I've learned that he, he loves me to tell him how amazing he did things. He's so good at doing this that I now don't know whether she means it or not. I mean, I'll take it anyway, but if I've done something, particularly DIY, because that is not one of my skill sets, and I'll say, look at the curtain rail, isn't yeah, it Yeah, he'll straight? come in and he'll say, just, I've just hung up the curtain rail, and I'll be like, and what he wants me to go is, oh, look at what you've done, that is amazing. So once you know this, you know what to do. It's great. I do carry on, don't <laughs> yes. So, um, receiving gifts, that is my love language. And I love, yeah, everybody receiving gifts, Andy. Um, 25th wedding anniversary, just saying. Um, anyway. So. With all the change from the wedding that we've got coming up, I shall buy you. It's true. Um, but I love everything about receiving it. I love the fact that somebody has thought about me and thought about what I might like and um, it just makes me feel so special. Um, and I don't just love the gift, I love the way it's wrapped, I love the tissue that goes in it, the bows, I love everything about it, you know? And um, uh, it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, Andy will buy me my favorite bar of chocolate, star bar, everybody, just star bar. Um, but, uh, I just it just makes me feel very special and the interesting thing about the love languages as well is that sometimes if um, you've got a love language you tend to think that's the way you should treat your partner so because of course gifts is my love language I went to this very expensive florist and bought Andy red roses for Valentine's Day and then was really surprised at his kind of you can't eat them, it's not tech. <laughs> Never again. So, yeah, don't try and meet your spouse's love language with your love language. You've got to work to meet theirs. And lastly, physical touch. Now, physical touch automatically may make you think sex, but actually, no, it's much more than that. Um, if you're a tactile person, you know, you, um, you'll enjoy holding hands. You might, when you're talking to people, you know, touch their arm. Um, it's just that you love to be close to um, people. And if that's what you are, you know, what your love language is, you know, um, that's who you are. We noticed that this was our son's love language when he was very little. He, uh, we watched him in the school assembly and he would lean to the little girl in front of him and he'd twirl her hair because he was constantly twirling my hair at home. This was infant school, not secondary school. It's not really <laughs> it's just, um, story time. No. And actually it was a real challenge for us to keep on building that love language with him when he got to the awkward teen thing. So um, anyway, once you've discovered your spouse's love language, it's a gift for life. So talking about physical touch there um, and romance, physical touch, sometimes you know romance can lead to, to sex. I've said it. I know it's a bit early to be talking I'm sorry, about that, but, but it's done now. It's out there. But I think the world gets romance and sex very muddled up because. They think that one always leads to the other, whereas actually romance, having a romantic evening is a, an outcome in itself and is actually a very valid thing in its own right. It hasn't got to lead to a time of passionate lovemaking uh, later on. But 
If the physical side of your relationship at the moment isn't quite where you'd like it to be, then perhaps looking at romance might be a way to, uh, to help that area. But we said before, romance is like this glue that holds us together in our relationship, and it's this shield that sort of protects us. And it makes us feel really connected. I said that at the beginning, it's this feeling of connected, a romantic time with your spouse makes you feel connected. And that actually can help to sort of um, safeguard us against having an affair, believe it or not. A lot of affairs, probably more affairs actually, start with what we call emotional uh, adultery rather than a physical attraction. So it's the classic case where, you know, there's somebody at work who you have a connection with over the coffee, over the photocopier, over lunch. And it's that sort of connection that then very often that sort of relationship that is um, that is wrong in that way. You start sharing things with that person that really you should be sharing with your husband or your wife. And it's that uh, emotional affair that then can go deeper and become uh, a physical affair. But if you're actually feeling connected and you're having romantic times together, then hopefully you're you know, meeting each other's needs and you know, if you're using the love languages, that can help to protect against that, that sin and that temptation. If you think about affairs, you know anybody who's had an affair, if you've seen them on you know, television programmes as often they're depicted, you'll see the, the effort that people put into having an affair, the time, the creativity, the money, how can I get that hotel room somewhere, how can I work it in my diary so that I can be there at that place when that person's there. And if only people put that effort and that creativity and that passion and that money into being romantic with their spouse, then that need to look elsewhere uh, would, would tend to go away. So that's another reason why uh, we think romance is really, really important. So on to our next um, supercharger, um, intentional romance. Be intentional. You know, this is our combating our busyness, um, is to diary it in. And that is certainly what Andy and I are doing in this season, or particular season of busyness. Um, and it doesn't have to be um, anything ma major. It can be as simple as a walk together, um, or you know, or you can go out for dinner, or you can um, plan something, you know, a romantic weekend away. But we've got to get it in the diary, um, and it doesn't have to cost much. But it does need planning. You may have to um, book a babysitter. You know, you may have to book a table in a restaurant. You may have to do something. Um, uh, to make it happen. Um, but what I love about the internet is there's so many crazy bonkers ideas out there of stuff you can do. I mean, you can um, get a jar and all put millions of ideas in there and then each take it in turns to pull one out and um, take, you know, take it in turns to plan it. Um, there's ABC dating, alphabet dating, have you heard about that? No. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. So you basically do a date according to the letter of the alphabet you're on. So A, you could go archery, uh, B, bicycling, C, candlelit dinner, and, and so on. I mean, how much fun is that? And I love um, Mark and Kerry, we were talking to Mark earlier, and he was saying how they get a map and they just go, where should we visit? Is this right? And then they go visit it. And I thought, that's such a romantic idea. That's quite spontaneous as well, isn't it? You just you know, go, where should we go? Just do fun things together. Put fun into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, sorry, I've got that. Yes. All over the world. Or, or all over the city. Where 
Yeah. Well, you're just a city, yeah. We did this great thing recently, which was a secret tour of London. I highly recommend you download and do that. It was like weird little things, like somebody has put cast of his ears all over buildings in London and you could look them up. It was so much fun. So anyway, there's loads of things you can do. Um, but we, so we recommend you book regular date nights, ideally once um, a week if you can. Um, but these are different to admin nights. So admin nights are where you deal with, I know it's boring, uh, your calendar, your finances, you know, that difficult discussion you've got to have about that issue you've got, you need to book that in and at a different time because otherwise that will then crash into your date night and you will kill any romance that evening. Um, Andy's got this great saying though, that the best way to have a great date night is to have lots of great date nights. And it's you know, true. Lots of date nights. Lots of date nights, best, sorry. Yeah. It's my, it's my, the, the great thing I say, that the best way to have a great, a great date night is to have lots of date nights. Yeah, that's it. Because the fact is you will have your date night where it goes a little bit pear-shaped and you might have a big row. We have. Um, but if you're carrying on booking them in, you know, keep it, keep going, and then you will have some great date nights, which will make it very romantic. That tapas restaurant in Bath, wasn't it? That awful, terrible, terrible, lovely, romantic evening. All got Bill Sandlund. But then you going to say it's about when we have those times out. It's quite hard sometimes, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were talking, we were going to talk about the fact that sometimes when you go out for a date, I don't know, maybe you you always have loads of things to talk about. And if you do, that's great. Come and tell us about that. Um, because sometimes we've had those date nights where you go and then you think, right, so we can't talk about finance, we can't talk about a diary, we can't talk about the kids. Mm. You know? What Everyone else about? in the whole restaurant's having a great time, aren't they? They're chatting away, they're laughing and all that. You know, you've got a busy life, you've got lots to talk about, but you can't talk about those things. So, what we would recommend is maybe you have a think before you go about stuff you might want to talk about. Um, like, you know, where do we want to be in five years' time? What are our hopes and dreams for the rest of our marriage? You know, big thinking things. Where would we like to go on holiday? Um, you know, that kind of, think about things that will actually recreate you rather than, you know, getting bogged down by the mundane. So, um, yeah, have a think about that. One uh, example I think of from our marriage, and when we were very intentional about trying to plan something in, was when our kids were uh, quite a bit small. And now those of you who have been blessed with children can relate to this. It's one of those Sunday afternoons in the winter time when it's cold and raining outside. You can't go out. The walls are like closing on you. The kids are bouncing around you going, oh, is it bedtime? Oh, another eight hours, you know. And it's one of those... Plus, you know, it's a Sunday, you get that Sunday evening feeling if you've got work the next day, it's a bit there. So we thought, what can we do to make our Sundays a bit better? What can we do to have a little reward at the end of the weekend for surviving another weekend with the kids? So we'd be very intentional and we'd work together and we'd get the kids you now bath and into bed as quickly as it possibly could. We'd work as a real slick team. And as soon as they were uh, in bed asleep, we'd take ourselves off to our bedroom. We'd get into bed. And we'd have the Sunday papers over the bed and we might open a bottle of wine and we might have some nice nibbles or snacks. And we'd just have this lovely time together, we'd just chill, we'd connect, we'd be looking forward to it. It was just a nice way to, uh, to, to end the weekend. So we were very intentional, we planned it in and uh, it was always something we looked forward to. So as important as planning it in is, also we shouldn't, in our intentional diary it all in, 
to miss the opportunity to be spontaneous and have spontaneity. What might that be? That could be on a, you know, on a weekday, deciding to have a roast meal in the evening, even though it's a weekday, you know, decadence. Or perhaps, you know, a glass of wine on a school night or something. Um, we've got a little um, tea in our kitchen and sometimes on a school night we might find ourselves there and we might just open a, uh, a glass or something. And we just sit there and we connect and we have a nice sort of romantic time just chatting through life, uh, having, having some fun usually. Um, and it's just looking for that opportunity to just press the pause button from the busyness of life and to just hang out together. Technology is another great thing you can use to be spontaneous, just to send that spontaneous text, or just to send that spontaneous email, uh, or just to send a little message via Skype. Now, Fee and I both work at home, both work in the same house, you know, different parts of the, of the house where we have our desk, but occasionally we can just send a little romantic Skype uh, to each other, which is, which is really, really nice, and it works really well. We, um we, I read an article last week where um, the lady was suggesting that we take pictures of each other and I thought in a selfie generation um, that's quite a romantic idea isn't it? Have a little picture of your spouse on your phone. <laughs> yeah. That's a high tech. On a, a low tech is also great. Why not just write uh, some loving messages on a post-it note and just stick it on the fridge or in the lunchbox or on the car dashboard for your spouse to find uh, later on, just something very uh, simple like, you know, I love you or I miss you or I can't wait to see you this evening. Love letters. Yeah, love right. letters to each other. And that's in this generation, we tend not to write letters, but that would be quite a surprise, wouldn't it? And we might decide, you know, just to run a nice bath for your wife just one evening, uh, or your husband, or to cook a meal, rather than having that, you know, your tea in front of the telly with your lap, with things, you know, the, the lap trays and everything else. Uh, because we've never done that, have we? Um, but actually deciding to actually set the table, put out some candles, and actually have a meal together where you talk about, you know, about your hopes and dreams and what's going on. Fun and laughter, I think, should always be part of these uh, romantic times. If I look back at some of the best times we've had, there's always been lots of fun and laughter, and fun's really important to Fee and I, and we sort of say it's like our sixth love language, you know, fun. So we really try and make sure that what we're doing has got uh, some fun in there. So some of these things cost nothing. You know, writing a post-it note costs nothing. Just holding hands. I mean, that's all do it. That's all doing that. Hold hands. I mean, that costs nothing. But actually, just suddenly, if those of you are doing it already, you can get an extra points, okay? If you're already holding We're hands, you get a gold star. I mean, we tend to do it a lot on the way to church. Um, you know, look at us. We do marriage <laughs> we do stuff. Marriage We're holding yeah. hands. We're in a little love that bubble. But actually... The challenge, do it when no one's watching, you know, you're just on a walk somewhere and you're holding hands and just having a walk together. We found that to be a really romantic time. Just walking and talking uh, can, be, can be great. So having said that, you know, things can cost very little, but there is nothing wrong once in a while if you have the means available for the odd grand romantic gesture. So... It's important to, I think, see romance as something that's active. It's this, it's this action thing. It's not a passive feeling, it's a verb. I and mean, we need to be intentional about finding those opportunities, booking things in, finding these spontaneous. It's about putting the other person's desires and needs first. It's practicing uh, that sacrificial uh, love. And if you want to, 
You know, it's about building your marriage on this thing of love. And look at 1 Corinthians 13 for that lovely description of you know, what love is and try and see how you can build more of that into your marriage. And you haven't got to do it alone. Uh, God's spirit will work through you if you, if you let, let him and uh, pray together about it. Um, so the pray you're open to see these opportunities. Pray little windows of time do uh, open up in your busy lives and in your diaries. And actually mentioning praying together is also a really intimate thing that you can do together as a couple. Um, and it actually can help romance as well. Um, what we find is that an awful lot of Christian couples pray quite a lot. They pray quite a lot in church, they pray in their, their home groups and their small groups. They might pray with a prayer partner. But actually, it's this little hidden secret that a lot of Christian couples don't pray very often together as a couple. And actually doing that, it forms a real sort of intimacy. Uh, you, you know about that person, you'll find out things about them uh, through praying together. And that can be really, really helpful when you're thinking about romance. It can make you feel closer, and it can make that desire to spend more time with each other uh, even more important. So we just encourage you to see if you can either start doing that uh, or do more of it if possible. So we've got some more um, discussion points for you. I'm nearly done, just to let you know. Um, firstly, what is your love language and what is your partner's love language? Um, and think about ways in which you can be meeting those. Um, how do you like to be romantic? You've already talked um, just now about um, you know, some lovely romantic times, so maybe just build on that. Um, and agree three romantic things that you could do together or for each other. And then we'd really love for you to agree um, that your next date night, set a date today for your next date night. Okay, well hopefully uh, that's been the start of some conversations which you can carry on later on or uh, at home or over the rest of the, the weekend. But we would encourage you to keep uh, on talking about uh, romance and some of these questions. I mean, it is really great, as I said at the beginning, you've, you've, you're here and you've uh, spent the time together to invest in your marriages. We mentioned time for marriage at the start, and uh, if you'd like to continue investing uh, in your marriages, then uh, you might possibly want to consider coming on one of our weekends. We run them all over the UK. Uh, basically, we look at what, what the Bible says about marriage on a particular topic. Uh, we have couples who just share things from their own marriages. Uh, good and bad and then you go away as couples a bit like you've been doing now and work through things together. We cover all sorts of things, communication, conflict, forgiveness, roles, sex, all sorts of things. So hopefully we've shown you why romance uh, is important. You've been encouraged to want more uh, romance in your relationships as well as giving you uh, some practical tips on how to do that. Uh, we're going to be around for the rest of the day, looking forward to what else is going to be sharing with us later on. Uh, so do please come and chat with us over coffee or over the lunch break. If there's anything we've mentioned that you want to talk about or find out any more about Time for Marriage uh, and the weekends that we run. So we'd love to talk to you later on. I'm just going to pray if that's okay and then we finish. So let's just pray together.